love this song. Would you do it again? Wow, that's what we need. Okay. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you all to remain standing for just a moment, if you don't mind. I'm sorry, I'll let you sit down first. Apologize for that. Okay. I'm so glad that you're here. It's a special day. And in just a moment, uh, we're going to show some, or have some songs, rather, uh, for each branch of the service. I want to show you for just a moment why this is important to me this day. I couldn't take it like some of you guys that retired and spent years and years, but uh, I love our country. It's not perfect, but it's still a great, great country, okay? And I want to thank all of the men and women that have served our country in the military. Just a moment for the active and the veterans. We're going to play each branch song, and as your branch is played, please stand and remain standing. And at the end, we're going to give them the applause that they deserve. now. Thank you so much. Okay, I want to uh, tell you about a pastor that as he was getting older, I don't know why I talk about older pastors, you know, <laughs> but as he was getting older, uh, he'd lost his spouse. He lost a bunch of his friends and a bunch of his parishioners, and it was just getting hard on him. He was longing for his home, heaven. One day he realized it was getting really close and he didn't really want to die alone so he called several of the people from his church. He called a lawyer and he called an IRS agent. They came and one sat on each side. Finally, one of them got enough nerve to say, Pastor, we don't really understand. Why did you, why'd you call us? Why didn't you call somebody else? And the pastor said, well, that's really simple. I wanted to die like Jesus with sinners on both sides. 
if you're a lawyer or work for the IRS, I didn't mean to offend you, okay? Uh, you know, my wife and I, uh, Georgie, really, she's a special lady. She really loves the beach. We love to go down to the beach and just enjoy the beauty that God has made. You know, we have people that drive or fly from hundreds or even thousands of miles away to get to see and enjoy where we live. Wow. Wow. Isn't there any more excitement than that out there? Come on. Am I in the wrong church here? Maybe I need to leave. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, this is a great place, and God made it, and you get to enjoy it. Wow, that's so good. So we love to, before I had a knee replacement, especially when we come down and, and visit, uh, we love to walk on the beach, okay? And uh, it's a little harder now with a knee replacement, but I still enjoy it. There was a, a couple, and they were in their 60s. Uh, they loved to walk on the beach, too. One day they're, they're walking along, and he saw a bottle. And he bent down and picked it up, and wow, it looked like it could be a, a genie in there. And so he rubbed it, and the genie popped out. And they were amazed. And the genie said, I'm here to give you whatever your wish is. The lady said, well, I know what my wish is. I want to travel the world and enjoy it. Boom, just like that. She had a handful of tickets to go all around the world. She was so excited. And the genie looked at her husband and said, it's your turn. And he said, well, I want to travel the world too. But I'd love to travel the world with my bride that's 30 years younger. And poof, now he was 90. <laughs> you know, God's so good. He's good all the time. If we're not careful, we can get in a funk and, and not realize the blessings that that we're having because we've allowed something to bring us down. But what we've got to understand is that God's good all the time. I mean all the time. You know, I've had some tough things happen in my life, and the sermon is not about me, okay? But one thing I learned in the different things that I went through, I was wounded very severely in, in Vietnam by a claymore mine. And uh, it's all about attitude. Did you hear me? You know, I mean, I knew it was God's will for me to be there and defend my country. And I knew that it had to be something God allowed or I wouldn't have been wounded. So I certainly didn't want to quit. Something that I heard my son say not too long ago in preaching, and, and I know where he heard it from. I can't remember where I heard it from, but it's this. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. When the going gets tough, they taught us something in the Army. I, I loved this, and I think it helped me over the years with many difficulties I've gone through. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. 
Amen. And that's true. I mean, I've seen guys in combat, and I'm not belittling them, but I've seen some guys that simply cannot react. They're just terrified. And believe me, I can understand being terrified. Been there, done that. But you know what? If you're a good soldier, you do what needs to be done. I've seen guys in the middle of firefights that just couldn't do anything at all, but on the ground just holding onto their head or their helmet. And that's sad. And your heart, even at the moment, although you're half mad at them because they're not doing their job, still at the same time you understand that there's a hurt there, and they're terrified because you're terrified too. Listen, let me say something. It always bothers me, and maybe there's some exceptions out there, but it always bothers me when people say, and I was never scared when they're talking about combat. Well, maybe I'm just a, a weird nut, but I was terrified, okay? I was terrified, but at the same time, I was relying on my God to see me through. The title of the message today is What America Needs. And I'm going to be speaking from 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. You can go ahead and put it up there, guys, if you would. Thank you. We'll read it in just a second. And in just a moment, I'll ask you to stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. Now, I'm going to give you more scripture than just this one verse. Uh, I, I have not really had much put up there uh, as far as other verses. You might want to take notes. It might be helpful to you later on. The takeaway that I want you to really get today, what I want you to really understand is that we need revival. We need a healing of our land. Now, when I say a healing of our land, I'm not talking about the soil. I'm talking about our country. You know, I don't know about y'all, but it bothers me. And I want to watch the news, but it bothers me when I turn the TV on and I'm seeing all the garbage that's going on in America. What? Wow. It does not make any difference, y'all. Wow, listen to me. I thought one day I'd never say y'all because I was born in Ohio, okay? <laughs> and, and I taught English, okay? And, and I said to myself, I'll never say y'all. Well, I lived in Tennessee too long, and I say y'all, y'all, okay? <laughs> but I trained my son wrong, okay? Because he doesn't love Ohio State. I failed. Forgive me, Lord. Okay. God. <laughs> See, there, disrespect. Go Vols. Did you hear it? No, honestly, I cheer for the Vols. But if they play Ohio State, look out. That's different. Okay? All right. It's good to have your own team, and it's good to cheer for them. But you know what? Those of you who know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, you're on the greatest team right. in the world. We currently have a broken, broken country, folks. Like I said about the news, man, it, it doesn't make any difference whether it's politics. It doesn't make any difference if, if you're a Republican 
or if you're a Democrat, or if you're an independent, or something else. You know what? Those people that are voted in are not the salvation of this land. If we want our land to change, it's got to begin within us. We want change. Are we willing to change? kind of ridiculous to expect change and keep doing the same thing. It won't happen. It simply will not happen, folks. Therefore, I want to ask you to do something today. And I hope that you mean it when you do it. I want to ask you to look down and I want you to draw an imaginary box around your seat. And as you do that, I want to ask you to pray this prayer. Lord, please send a revival within this square. And you know what, folks? If you do that and really mean it, you know what would happen? We'd have a revival starting right here in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and Navarre, Florida, and Blackwater Prison. And if it's a real revival, which it, I believe, could definitely happen, it won't just change Santa Rosa County and other counties surrounding us, but it'll change Florida. Because real revival, real revival catches on like a fire and spreads quickly. And it wouldn't end with Florida. It would go throughout our great nation. And you know what we'd see? We'd see change. Some of the problems that we think we have today, like politics, it, it bothers me. No, honestly, I get a little aggrafretted. That's my own word, okay? That's, that's a new word for today, okay? I get aggrafretted. Do you all ever get aggrafretted? I can't even say it. I got my partials in, and it's not coming out right. Maybe I need to take them. <laughs> Do y'all ever get aggrafretted? Come on, this is yes, okay? This is no. Do you get aggrafretted? Okay, all right, I thought so. I pretty well know human nature after being around for 71, almost 72 years. But I've learned that God's good. It bothers me that Republicans, it bothers me that Democrats, it bothers me that independents are more concerned about their party and what's best for their party than, get a hold of what I'm going to say, what's best for our country. That bothers me. I'm not here to play the shame game today because Jesus has come to take the shame off of us, okay? But you know what? We need to be willing, like I said previously, to change. So my, one of my questions to you today is, are you willing to change? Are you willing to change? Let's stand and read this verse. I want you to all read it out loud with me, please. 
It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. This is King James' version. If my people, I can't hear you. Wait a minute. we got to start over. That was weak. Am I in the wrong church? Maybe I need to leave and come back to Okay. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Thank you. You can be seated. Okay. I want you to notice something as you take a look at this verse. Okay. This is a conditional verse. As you look at the verse, it starts out with a little two-letter word, if. And then as you notice, after he states several different things that we need to do, if we do them, the next word, okay, look at it. It says, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Wow. I know a lot of you know that verse by heart, but you know something I've learned even about this preacher? If I'm not careful when I hear someone else preaching, I'll parrot the words with them when they say it, but I don't really think about what it's saying. And that's why I like to have people take a look at the verse, because I learned something teaching, okay? that you learn from seeing, okay? You learn from hearing, and you're gonna learn even more when you say it out loud. So that's three different ways to be enforced or taught there, okay? So that's why I like for you to read it with me, okay? And see it and hear it at the same time because you'll learn better that way, okay? All right. I want to get right into it right now, what America needs. You know, we have a problem in America, and the real problem is because we're in such a blessed nation, such a truly blessed nation that we take things for granted. And we just expect because that's the way it's been. We have a lot of pride. You know, we need to realize something. God hates pride. Did you hear me? Hey, if somebody says amen or that's right or that's good, you know what? It's kind of like saying to an old dog, sick him. I can preach a little better, okay? <laughs> We've got a pride problem, but what it really comes down to is just a simple little word, and it's sin. We have a sin problem, folks. And that's why I asked you just a moment ago, if you would, to please draw an imaginary line, a box around your seat, and ask God to send a revival within that seat. Because if we want change in America, the only way that it's really going to happen is if we do something about it. Are you willing to do something about it? How badly do you really want change? 
Notice the first thing. I didn't have to come up with an outline. God did a great, a better job than I could. He did it right in the verse. The first thing that he tells us to do is humble. Wow. Wow. The reason God hates pride so much is actually, you know, people think of the first sin as in the Garden of Eden. Wrong. That's not right. You say, what? That's what I've always been taught. I don't care what you've been taught. Okay? Take a look at your Bible. Okay? And you're going to see that the first sin was with an angel. And he was a beautiful angel, actually an angel of light. And he got proud. Hey, man, you know, God's given me all this power, and look how beautiful I am. And, and why is he getting all the credit? I think I deserve some. That's Satan, okay? His name, actually, and we still call him that, but Lucifer actually means angel of light, okay? Uh, what a change. And you know what? He knows, he knows that he's destined for hell. And he knows that he wants to take as many people as he can along with him. I don't know about y'all. Hey, I said it again, didn't I? I don't know about y'all, but I praise the Lord that I don't have to worry about hell for this guy. Okay? I don't have to worry about hell for my beautiful bride, okay? She's the one sitting two seats over from Ken, okay? Her name's Georgie. Oh, I, I didn't tell you. If you don't know me, if you're new here today, my name is Pastor Denny or Denny Payne. I've been a Payne all my life, folks, believe me, okay? <laughs> but I have an excuse. That's my name. All right. We need to humble ourselves. Humble I looked up the word in the Hebrew, and this is important for us to get a hold of. In the Hebrew, it's kana, and it means, get a hold of the definitions, listen closely, to bend the knee. Wow. I'd do it if I didn't have a knee replacement. I'd do it right now, okay? To bend the knee. You know what? That, that implies so much. It implies a deep respect and reverence, okay? And realizing that he's the only true God. And I'm so imperfect. So I bow before you, Lord. But it doesn't just mean that. No, not at all. Get a hold of this next definition. It means to bring down low. Wow. That's kind of hard for people that have pride. Because we're like, hey, you know, I can handle this. I can do it. You know, not that ladies can't be proud, okay? And there's a good kind of pride and there's a bad kind of pride. But I think men, I can talk about men because I'm a man, okay? I think men have this problem of I can handle this. I can take care of it. You ever felt that way, guys? Huh? Yeah. Because that's the way God made us. But you know what? God wants us to realize that we have to learn to depend upon him. But in order to depend upon him, you know what you got to do? You got to humble yourself. 
So we need to learn humility in, in America. Are there things in your life that you've not confessed? Maybe even, let me back up and say it this way. My wife, man, Georgie has grown so much. I thank God that he blessed me with a wife that I have, okay? The other day, uh, she was having some devotions, and she said, honey, let me show you something. And she pulled out her phone, or actually already had her phone out, and she pulled up something that was really cool that I never really thought of this way. And it was about a pastor that had gotten married, and his wife's name was Lisa, if I remember correctly. And he said, Sometime after I'd been married for a while, I, I had the Lord teach me something that just totally, totally changed my perspective. God showed me that I wasn't just married to Lisa, but that Lisa's father, get a hold of what I'm saying now, her father, because she's a Christian, is God. And my father is God. So, he's my father-in-law. Wow! <laughs> he's my father-in-law. I better watch my P's and Q's. I better treat his daughter the way he wants me to treat her. Wow! That will change your perspective, folks. But you know what? I want to use, I do some counsel, counseling. Boy, my parcels are going to have to go. I do some counseling, okay? I do some counseling sometimes, and uh, <laughs> it's good to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, if you don't start, the other people are not really wanting to laugh, but when you start laughing, it's easier, okay? Because they don't feel like they're making fun of you anymore. Uh, God's so good. He really is. And, and I learned from that experience that I not only want to use that, but if we would incorporate that idea into the way that we should treat all Christians because he's their father. Wow. And we may think or may say or may have some hard feelings towards somebody else that's a Christian and we just have a hard time getting along with them. And, you know, they got a problem and I got a problem with that person. Wait a minute. Get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. That's God's child. If you want to, one of the things he said in this devotional was if you want to make me angry, mistreat my children. If you want to make me happy, treat my children right. And boy, that hit home. In that respect, God is no different, folks. If you want to make him angry, and listen, get a hold of what I'm going to say right now because this is important. When we make him angry, we're going to miss out on some blessings. You say, why is that? Because when you make him angry, you're not doing his will. So let's be kind of blunt right here. If you're not in his will, you're 
out of his will. Whoa. Whoa. Even when it's hard, we need to do our best with his help to go the extra mile. People that don't know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, and many of them that have never even touched a Bible or touched it very little, they learn more by the way we live than what we say or what God's Word says because they don't pick it up. So we need to ask ourselves a question. How are we living? Are we living to honor God? You know, the, the word, once we get saved, we're classified or called Christians. Do you, do you really know, do you understand what the word Christian means? Christ-like. That's a tall order. Christ-like. Are we really Christ-like? And we want to make excuses for ourselves because we're human and say, well, God understands I'm not perfect. Stop making excuses. You know why? Because God's word says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What does that mean? Exactly what it says, folks. I can do all things. If it stopped there, it would be the biggest lie in the universe. But it doesn't stop there. Through Christ, which strengthens me. Are you relying on him to strengthen you? To see that, you know, let me put it this way, okay? For Halloween, uh, <laughs> my wife bought a Superman shirt for me. Okay, and I had to unbutton my shirt because it said Superman, you know, and kind of show them, hey, you know, Superman and Lois Lane. <laughs> if we would get a hold of what God teaches and understand that he wants us to understand that we can be more through him, that we can be Super woman or super man because he gives us strength that we don't have within ourselves. We live in a Burger King society today, folks. I remember, because I'm old enough, when Burger King came out with an advertisement, have it your way. And they were the first ones. All fast food, McDonald's and every other place that had fast food at that time, it was like, you want a burger? This is what you're getting, okay? Like it, lump it, take it down the road and dump it. Don't care. This is what you're getting, okay? Uh, but they came out with something new because they wanted to change things, and they did. You could go in and say, hey, I just want a, a burger with mustard and lettuce and tomato." And you know what you'd get? A burger with lettuce and mustard and tomato. And I was like, wow, this is cool, you know? The problem is when it comes to God's word, a lot of Christians still think that it's a buffet table. It's not. Years ago, there was a bumper sticker that was very, very popular. 
with Christians, and a lot of Christians had it on their rear bumper. And it used to aggravate the agrifret. Okay, it used to aggrifret the daylights out of me. And this is what it said. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Wrong. So wrong. If God says it, that settles it. It's a done deal because he's perfect. And God, according to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18, it says God that cannot lie. And in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, it says it's impossible for God to lie. So it doesn't make any difference what you believe or what I believe. If God said it, that's the way it is. Thank you. I thought I'd put everybody to sleep already. Maybe I need to raise my voice a little bit. No. I do sometimes because I am passionate, like my son. How about other things that you might have in your life? I've already mentioned having hard feelings towards someone. It's bad enough with anybody, but especially if it's a Christian because that's God's child. But what about other things? From God's commands. What about tithing? You know, in Malachi, it teaches us, will a man rob God? You know, back in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it teaches us that we should be givers. And if God required 10%, actually, he required more than 10% because there were other things they would have to give to also. But if God required 10% back then, and now we're under grace, how much more should we be willing to give? We want to see land that God has, I believe, given to us. We want to see a building on it. And you know what? It would happen a whole lot quicker if everybody would do what God teaches us to do in time. Let me be specific about some things. If we really want God's blessings in our lives, we need to follow what God's will is for our lives. Are you willing to do that? Do you really want to see revival? Remember, it begins with you, okay? If we had real revival, get hold of this, folks. If we had real revival in Gulf Breeze, and Navarre, and Blackwater. It, it changed not even just our nation, but it could change the world. Wow. Sounds like to me, then, that's something we ought to be striving for. Amen? A woman, too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, First of all, let, let me back up. I'm not sure that I really pointed it out as strongly as I should. We need to humble ourselves was the first point, okay? The second point is that we need to pray. We need to pray. I remember years ago uh, when Christy, our oldest child, uh, and my only daughter, 
you know, God's so good. I got to call a break here. You know, if coaches can call a timeout, a priest can call a timeout too. I prayed when I got married that the Lord would give me a daughter because I grew up in a family of three boys, okay? And I always wanted a sister so she could do the dishes, okay? Because <laughs> I started doing them when I was four years old, standing on a chair, okay? That wasn't the only reason I wanted a sister. Please don't misunderstand, okay? But I just wanted a sister. And when I got married, I, I poured my heart out to God. And I said, God, I want a daughter. Please give me a daughter. And you know what he did? He blessed us with a daughter. God's so good. And then I prayed for all the children. And we taught them as they were growing up to to that we would pray for their spouse-to-be, okay? And listen, get a hold of this, folks. This is vitally important. Pray for your children, even your grandchildren, grandparents, okay, that God connects them with the right Christian person, okay? Not just that they get married and, wow, you have a great ceremony, but they're connected with the right Christian person. And you don't wait until they're 12 years old to start praying that. You start praying it as soon as they're born. And you know what? God answers prayer. Stephanie is definitely an answer to prayer. Uh, Kurt is definitely an answer to prayer that's married to Christy and so on. Dara is definitely an answer to prayer. And, and Holly is an answer to prayer. Okay? Now, I don't know about y'all, but Sometimes we get aggravated, you know, like I said. I mean, I'm human, too. You know, I, I'm a preacher. But you know what? I put my pants on the same way y'all do, okay? I mean, no different. And I'm not perfect, just like you're not perfect. But we need to realize if we want power in our lives, it's only going to come from one place. And that's from God. It's good for you to learn to get into the word of God. Okay, Anytime you have a relationship, relationships are vitally important. We all need it. I love this shirt that says, life is better together. Talking about our community groups. Because you know what? It is. It's, we all need that. Okay, We need community. And when it's missing... Something's just not quite right. Now, what kind of relationship would my beautiful bride and I have if I went home and all I did was talk and I wasn't willing to listen? Or if I went home and all she did, and this is a joke because she used to be so quiet, well, she's changed, okay? I Notice I said used to be, okay? She used to be so quiet. But it's got to be a mutual thing. A real relationship can't be the kind of relationship it should be if you're not willing to communicate. So just like God wants us to read his word, we have to do the second point is pray. Okay? I like the NLT says never stop praying 
or 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, and the King James says, pray without ceasing. D.L. Moody said, if you have so much business to attend to that you have no time to pray, you have more business on hand than God ever intended you to have. Wow. If you want to kind of have a thermometer on your spirituality, Christians, I'm going to tell you how you can kind of read it. One of the first things that starts slipping is your prayer life. Did you hear me? I heard a preacher say that one time many years ago, and I thought, hmm. But you know what? It's true. You may still be reading your Bible, or what about when you have devotions, okay? Uh, Going to be blunt here. Sometimes, sometimes we Christians, even preachers, can get into a rut, and it's just an obligation that we are fulfilling. No, that's not relationship. God wants you to listen to what he says instead of opening your Bible and it's like, how fast can I read this? <laughs> okay, I got to pray. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I've done my deed for today, Lord. Aren't you proud of me? That's not what it's all about. God wants you to understand and experience his true love. But you can't or you never will understand it unless you practice it. The third thing that God tells us to do in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 is to seek his face. So we've got humble yourself, pray, and now the third point, seek God's face. Now, there's a word here that I want to use. This is not scripture. It's my word, but I want you to get a hold of it because it's important. Be diligent. Be diligent in seeking his face. I asked Erin Griffin earlier because I know she's a teacher. I asked her what I called her out, and I didn't warn her ahead of time. And she gave me a definition, okay? And her definition was to persevere. That means to continue. So you just keep on. And when it gets tough, you just keep on. And when it gets a little tougher, you just keep on. You never quit. And then the fourth point is turn from their evil or wicked ways. Turn. In the service, we would call it an about face. So that you've been going one direction, but now you've totally changed and you're going the opposite direction. And you know what? This is so exciting. That's what happens when we truly get born again. Because we realize we were headed the wrong direction. I looked up the word turn in the Hebrew. And it's shub. And it means to repent, to return, 
to withdraw or like I just showed you, do an about face. And if we do these things, like I said, this verse is conditional. Then, here's the then. Here's the blessing coming. Get a hold of this. When we do what God has asked us to do. Do you want God's blessing? This is yes. This is no. Do you want God's blessing? Okay. Then you know what? His word teaches us to do what he wants us to do. And then, there's the word right from Scripture, then, listen to what it says. He'll hear from heaven. And I think that means more than just he'll hear. Because you know what? He hears all the time because he's God. And he's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-everything. He made it all. God teaches us in his word that if we're not confessing our sins, that he won't really hear. And what I think that means, hear our prayers, I think that means that he won't really be paying attention to them. So when he says here that he will hear, to me personally, and as a pastor, it means that he will pay close attention to our prayers. Wow. I don't know about y'all. There it goes. Another time. Y'all. But I want God to pay close attention when I pray. One of the things that I do as a care pastor is I visit the hospitals a lot, okay? And I remember one time specifically that there was a young man from our church that had leukemia, and he didn't realize it until it was stage four. Boom, big, strong, football sort of guy, young. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, wow. I may die real soon. I visited them several times. And I remember one of the many times that I was there with them praying. And I prayed specifically. I want you to, in your brain anyway, mark that word, specifically. You know why? Because that's the way that God wants us to learn to pray. Because that's when we realize his power that he really answered a prayer. So let's learn to pray specifically. We just finished praying. I said, come on, I'm going to go get you a gift card and we'll get something to eat down at Subway for you. And, and we went down and just had gotten out of the room and probably walked no farther than from here to that curtain and answered a prayer just like that. And she went, her jaw dropped, and she said, I can't believe it. God's already answered your prayer. And I said, I expected it. And I don't mean that like I'm super spiritual, but hey, if you can't believe it, why waste your time praying? That was weak, folks. We've got a powerful God. Let's believe in him. Let's have faith. Let's trust him. Let's see some real answers to prayer. Let's see revival. Wow. 
Do you believe it could happen? Y'all have a nice day, okay? Nobody's. <laughs> Do you really believe that it could happen? Amen. Amen. So he'll hear from heaven, and then he'll forgive their sins, and he'll heal their land. We have something special for you right now. I hope you enjoy it. What America needs is a healing of our land because it's evident we're on sinking sand. And the answer won't come unless we heed where the real problem is. There's a definite need. All we have to do is turn on the news to see hatred and all these different political views. It seems as though we're without respect. And it's all because of our neglect. See, the real problem it comes from within, and it's a three-letter word, and it's simple. It's sin. See, we have a pride problem that we try to hide. We need to humble ourselves and ask God to provide. And if we confess our sins and we pray, we'll see a better future, surely a brighter day. What America needs is to seek God's face. So, Let's get on our knees. Let's finish this race. Thank you, Aaron. Great job. The Lord woke me up the other morning, and that poem was going through my mind, and I had to get up and write it down because I know how I am. If I let it slide, it slides right out of my mind, okay? God's so good. He wants to use you, every single one of you who know Jesus as personal Savior. And you know who God uses? He uses the willing and obedient. Not the most handsome or the most gorgeous or the most qualified or the most educated. God uses the willing and the obedient. And with his power, it's amazing what can be accomplished. I want to ask you to stand, if you would, at this time, please. I'm going to ask y'all if you really prayed that prayer a while ago and you really meant it. And you want to see real revival in America. You want to see a healing of our land. Would you come to the front now and, and pray for ourselves and for our country? We need revival, folks. Are you willing to pay the price? You want to see God change things? Then we need to step out.
never like to close that moment of church without giving everyone an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as personal Savior. If you're here today and you've never done that, I would like to encourage you. The Bible teaches us that today is the day of salvation. It should be and it could be that day for you. I'm going to lead you in a we're going to do it what we call momentum style, where we all pray out loud together. I'll lead. You're not praying to me because I'm just a man. You're praying to God. He's the one that can answer you. He's the one that can save you, not Dennis Page. Okay, let's go ahead and pray again. know that I'm a sinner. Your word teaches me that. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I trust Jesus as Savior. I know he died for me and rose again. totally believing in you. 
thank you for saving me. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if that's the very first time that you ever prayed that prayer and you truly meant it, I want to invite you to boldly raise your hand and say, yes, Pastor Denny, I accepted Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. Would you do that today? Be bold. One, two, three. Anyone at all, I accepted Jesus as personal Savior today. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? How about you, Navarre? How about you, Navarre? And what about Blackwater?